0: It's time for Rush Hour with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook, right here on Veasan. The Sports Betting Network at Dandyburg 5 is where you can follow me on Twitter at Live for the Vegas Stats and Information Network. And tonight, a jam-packed show for you, Mike Pritchard, former NFL wide receiver and host here on VEASAN of Betting Across America. He'll be joining us in 45 minutes to go over some of the early releases for the NFL Week 1 schedule. Along with that, some of the lines, their movements, and much more. Of course, we'll dive into that. In a few moments, in between, we'll talk some baseball with Scott Miller. He a great work over at Series XM MLB Radio as an analyst and much more surrounding the big leagues. So we'll get his thoughts on some of the games in the slate. I got a couple plays in Major League Baseball as well, so we'll touch on that. And, of course, we can't forget the hardwood folks. Tonight in the NBA, Adam Stanka will give us a look at some plays that he has. He's a co-host of the Rejecting the Screen pod, does a great job covering the NBA. So, We'll not only get his thoughts on the slate tonight, but maybe further on looking into the postseason. Because again, some injury news. No LeBron, no AD tonight. And the Lakers still trying to potentially maybe or maybe not get out of that playing game scenario. So we'll kind of talk about their strategy like we did yesterday with Trevor Lane. So much to get to tonight here on the show. But let's kind of start out right away with those schedule releases for week one. Because some games stuck out right away with the lines that have been Kind of thrown out there early on. Bet Rivers did a great job of getting those lines out right away. And let's start with the first game of the upcoming season. Thursday night football. The defending Super Bowl champions. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers is going to be taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott back in the mix. The Bucs returning everybody from their roster in the Super Bowl. So if you go to VEASAN.com, what's awesome about VEASAN, the features they allow you to look at, which we talk about so often, is the opening lines and where all the lines are across the country at different books, etc. So uh, it looked like Tampa Bay opened as a six-point favorite at the early spots, total at about 53. At Bat Rivers, we're seeing the Buccaneers a six-and-a-half-point favorite. They're minus 286 on the money line, plus 225 on the buyback for the Cowboys, total at 52. Again, the opener looked to be about 53, so the under already getting hit a little bit. And look, you know, you may think it's a little bit silly to look at these lines so far out, but – That's how much we love football, and that's how big of a betting handle it always gets. We know NFL, is the most exciting and the most just biggest handle sport to bet on in general. So there's always a great time to talk about the NFL, especially because, you know, when it's bet on so frequently, a lot of times you're not going to get the best number if you're waiting to the last second. Yes, I'm exaggerating a sense because we're so far out, but still, you know, you could get a better number than we'll see when it comes to game time. So in this instance, first game of the year, we see Tampa Bay now up to a six and a half point favorite. Cowboys are loaded offensively. What kind of Dak Prescott are you going to get? Can their defense take any sort of step forward? All these questions are going to be up in the air for their matchup in game one against the defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Another matchup that stood out to me that I actually completely agree with the movement here. Uh, How about the Vikings taking on the Cincinnati Bengals? This one is taking place in Cincinnati, and it looked like the opener had Minnesota as a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Now they're up to three and a half already. A point movement in favor of the road team here with the Vikings now laying three in the hook. They're also minus 165 on the money line, plus 135 on the buyback for Cincinnati. Total we're seeing at about 47 and a half. So again, in this kind of situation, I would love to bet Minnesota here, but not going to bet three and a half this early out. So I'm assuming at some point, it'll probably come back down. Even if it doesn't, we'll just wait for better opportunities because you still got to see what happens over the summer what acquisitions may or may not be made, injuries, how these teams do in preseason. All of those outliers are such big considerations when it comes to betting these teams early on. But this is a game that I do like for Minnesota here. Again, three and a half isn't something I'm rushing to the counter to look forward to, but I do think it's a good spot overall for Minnesota against this Bengals team that still has a lot of work to be done on their side of the ball. Then how about let's get Sunday night football really quick. I know we touched on this yesterday. With the Bears and the Rams, but some movement once again in favor of Los Angeles. Six and a half is what they opened at as the favorite at home against the Bears. Now it is at seven for the Rams. Money line is minus 335 for Los Angeles, plus 260 on the buyback for Chicago. Total at about 45. Now it opened at 43 and a half, so that's ticked up now to 45. Slightly shaded to the over still, minus 112. The under minus 109. To be a tough week one opponent overall, just because the Rams are going to be a solid squad, we're assuming Matt Stafford in the mix. Defense will still be great, offense is still star studded. And the Bears, you might have Andy Dalton playing for you, and you don't know what team you're going to have coming out of the tunnel. Once again, the show is Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I am Danny Burke, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook, right here on Vison the Sports Betting Network. We're just going over some of the early week one NFL opening lines. Bet Rivers did a great job posting some of those early on. We're just giving an update on the Sunday night football game with Chicago taking on Los Angeles. We touched on it yesterday. The Bears were catching six and a half. Already seen some movement again. The Rams now a seven-point favorite. Total went from 43 and a half up to 45. And again, we have plenty more to get to on the show. Mike Pritchard will be joining us to get deeper into the NFL Week 1 lines. But one more I wanted to go over because it's going to be a fun one for our friends out on the West Coast. The Raiders on Monday night football hosting the Baltimore Ravens. And in this spot, we saw Baltimore open up. It's a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. That's ticked down just a tad. Now they're a five-point road favorite. They're also laying minus 230 on the money line. The Raiders plus 185 as the home dog. This total opened at about 52. That's come down just a half point to 51-and-a-half. Still shaded to the under, though, minus uh, 117. The over, minus 105 for that Monday night football matchup. Again, with the Ravens, we talked about them briefly, but they had a really solid draft overall. Their division's going to be fun to see who's going to come out on top between them and the Browns. But I think the Ravens will have a favorable setup for Monday night football week one against the Raiders. Because you look at the spot and typically if it's middle of the season, yeah, we're having a different conversation because it could be a short week. You could be going on multiple road games, but because it's week one, a little bit more advantageous with more time to prep for these teams in the primetime games going on the road. So it still could set up pretty nice for the Baltimore Ravens on that Monday night football game taken on the Las Vegas Raiders. But again, we'll be talking plenty more football throughout the show with more of these lines, schedule releases, et cetera. Mike Pritchard, former NFL receiver and host of Betting Across America, he'll be hopping on in about 40 minutes. Then we'll talk some baseball in between with Scott Miller, does great work on Sirius XM MLB radio. And Adam Stanka will be joining us in about a few minutes to talk about tonight's NBA action and slate. And talking about the NBA, let's kind of update you with some significant injury news throughout the league. Look, we are looking forward to LeBron James being back in action. We've said this his past couple of nights now, but that's not going to come to fruition because LeBron is going to be out once again, along with LeBron being out. No Anthony Davis, too. And the Lakers are taking on the Rockets. And despite that, I mean, we know how bad Houston's been and how banged up they are. The Lakers still an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, total at about 221-and-a-half. Look, don't be worried about the injury too much if you're back in the Lakers, because LeBron tweeted out, getting close, but I won't be in the lineup tonight. But more importantly, I will be there to put that championship banner in the Raptors at Staples Center in front of our fans. So he said that on Twitter earlier. And look, we were talking about this with Trevor Lane yesterday. Are they almost going to strategize to avoid that six seed and play the Clippers and maybe try to set up to play the Suns? Maybe so. Maybe LeBron is good to go and they think, "Eh, you know what, maybe we'll just kind of rest our guys, get ready in case that happens. But nevertheless, if we do end up in the playing game, that's completely fine with us. And it may seem crazy to think that professional teams and athletes would do that, but it happens all the time. I certainly think that is probably the case with the Lakers. They need two more wins or uh, two more games and they need to win two more games, excuse me, than the Blazers to avoid that playing game. They still got, again, the Rockets tonight, Pacers and Pelicans, all winnable games for sure. The Blazers on the other side, a little bit tougher schedule, no doubt. The Jazz, Suns, and the Nuggets. So that's going to be really interesting to see that come down to the wire out in the Western Conference. And then finally, some news out of the Eastern Conference, the Miami Heat, while they've been playing better as of late. Some unfortunate news, even though he hasn't been in the mix. Looks like Victor Oladipo is going to be done for the season. He's going to undergo season ending surgery on his right quadriceps tendon and look that was an injury that was presented in 2019 with the Pacers it's unfortunate to hear that from Victor Oladipo it, you know it's not I mean it's devastating in the sense that you're looking forward to getting him back and you just feel bad for the guy but you were kind of assuming even if he was going to be back in the mix with the Heat one you don't probably have that much confidence with Miami in the Eastern Conference and two how big of an impact was he going to make anyways trying to fit in and getting into that rhythm and momentum and swing of things with this team in the postseason, that's a really tough thing to do. So Miami, again, in a little bit of a tougher spot here. Their chances of going deep in the Eastern Conference, probably not that likely. But some unfortunate news for Oladipo down on South Beach with the Miami Heat. And, you know, look, getting in the rhythm of things, too. We talked about that again with Trevor Lane yesterday with LeBron. You know, they got some new guys in the mix, mainly being Andre Drummond. So are they going to be able to pick that up right away? And I'm sure they will. Look, you have the best player in LeBron James right now in the league. I mean, obviously you could argue that with his injuries, but still he's going to be able to adapt. But it's something that kind of lingers in the back of your mind, especially if they have to do a single elimination type game. That's something that you have to consider when it comes to betting the spread and just looking at them overall. I don't think the Lakers are going to get eliminated by any chance, but look, this is a completely different aspect for the league and for this team. So it's going to be really fun to see how it plays out. Uh, We'll see the odds right now as I'm looking at uh, Bet Rivers just to reach the playoffs. So they're still minus 2,000 with the yes for the Lakers, obviously, to make it. The no is plus 850 if you think by some chance the Lakers don't find their way into the postseason. You could always get some value there at plus 850 for the Lakers to miss it. But Again, in that game tonight as they are taking on the Rockets, no LeBron James, no Anthony Davis, and the Lakers still laying 8.5 against the struggling Houston Rockets. Let's get more into that game with our main man, Adam Stanko. At Naismith Lives is where you can follow him on Twitter. Catch his podcast, Rejecting the Screen Pod, where he is the co-host. It was great covering college hoops and the NBA. And Adam, like we alluded to, no LeBron, despite us getting our hopes up to seeing him play again. And not only that, his sidekick, Anthony Davis, is going to be out as well. Tonight against the Rockets, they're an 8.5-point favorite. Total at 221.5. Ugly game overall, but do you see any betting opportunity potentially?
1: Yeah, I still like the Lakers in this, and it's an, it's an interesting point, Danny, because uh, you're missing, obviously, the superstars, but if you look at how bad the Rockets have been uh, over the last couple of months, it's it's been brutal, and really it's a race right now just to make sure that they go down completely in flames, and uh, they are not making any efforts in order to win. Plus, you're seeing Uh, You know, Alex Caruso is going to play tonight, but we we saw Kyle Kuzma step up in a big way. I think this Lakers team is still capable of, of really winning by double digits against the Rockets at this point.
0: Yeah, Adam, I was just kind of alluding to this as well. Do you think that there's a part of the Lakers that is hoping they end up in the playing game so they avoid the Clippers in the first round? Is that a real discussion you think is happening in that locker room?
1: I don't think they want to take any chance of, of playing in the playing game. Now, those now those discussions do take place, and it's not necessarily in the locker room, but also in front offices. I've talked to teams, and, and they've told me that they, they will jockey for playoff position late in the season. I know it's one of those things fans sometimes think, there's no way teams actually do this. We know the teams tank for sure, but the idea that teams would actually Uh, lose games late in the season to lower their seating in order to put themselves in a better position moving forward. That's a reality. It it does happen. I've talked to executives that say that they they will make efforts in order to do that in the same way that you would tank in, in terms of sitting guys uh, resting certain players, um, talking to the coaching staff and sort of going about it and saying, hey, we're much better matchup in the first round for this other team. But the idea for the Lakers right now to be in the play in game, it's, it's not something anybody wants to be a part of because of the risk that's that's involved. Uh, and even though, obviously, uh, if you're one of the two higher ones, you get two chances at it. I, I still don't don't think the Lakers want to be any part of that.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, look, at the end of the day, would it be easier if they win against the Suns and the Clippers? Probably. Maybe not easier, but just a better matchup. But at the end of the day, with the single elimination factor, that still is tough and a lot to take a risk on in terms of kind of strategizing and tanking this late in the season. Well, Adam, another team that's kind of vying for that playing game spot and most likely going to have it because how the Pelicans have been having unfortunate injuries. The Spurs taking on the Nets tonight. Brooklyn is going to be without... Kyrie Irving took an elbow to the face yesterday, but it looks like James Harden is going to be back in the mix finally for Brooklyn, which will be good for that squad as they're heading into the postseason. And in this spot, we see Brooklyn as a four and a half point favorite, totals at about two thirty-three. How do you think this game plays out with Harden now being implemented once again?
1: Harden's so critical, and and you're absolutely right. Like the, his importance cannot be understated. It'll be interesting to see how he sort of um, gets comfortable again and gets acclimated again within this offense. But you know how it is with Harden. Sometimes it takes a few possessions and he gets rolling and all of a sudden he has one of those Harden-esque nights where it's 30 and 14 and you go, Nets are so scary again. He's the guy individually to me that makes the Nets incredibly terrifying moving forward and, and should be for any team in the NBA that that's going to have to face them in the playoffs because – Harden already was a problem single-handedly. And now with the talent around him, obviously he's deadly. But I say all that to say that this that this young Spurs team has just been surprising. And they've had contributions from, from different players that I think we don't speak enough about. Um, guys like Devin Vassell. This Spurs team, I think it's been one of Popovich's, you know, really special coaching jobs. Uh, This is a team that doesn't pass the ball very much. They break guys down individually. That's not like a typical Spurs team. They're one of the lowest uh, teams in the league in terms of passes per possession. So I really like the fact that this Spurs team, that Popovich is willing to be malleable as a coach, willing to change things around, and obviously a lot at stake for the Spurs. And so I think when you talk about this point in the season, a lot of it comes down to what matters more to teams and, and what's motivating them, what's driving them. So I actually like the Spurs in this game because of the importance it is as uh, they approach their their playing scenario.
0: Okay, so the Spurs catching four and a half. Had to make some great points. Good opportunity tonight, catching points against Brooklyn, potentially. How about another team here catching some points? The Cavs against the Celtics, and look, you wouldn't normally think it could be an advantageous spot, but they are going to be missing being the Celtics. Marcus Smart and Kemba Walker, Robert Williams, I believe, as well. So the Celtics open is about a 10-point favorite. That line has come down now to six. Total we're seeing at 220 and a half. I know the Cavs are on an 11-game losing streak, Adam, but... Do you think they have the capability of covering six at home?
1: Yeah, they do because it, you just mentioned it. The just the amount of injuries right now that we're seeing from the Celtics—it's—it's it's amazing. Plus, of course, Jalen Brown's news. And anytime you get injury news like that, can just be detrimental for a team. There's there can be just this feeling in the locker room that any hope that they had might now just be shut down. And and that's always tough for a team with championship aspirations. Obviously, you and I probably weren't going to pick the Celtics to win it all. It probably wouldn't have picked them to win the Easter, even get to the Eastern Conference Finals. But when the hope is lost, that's something that can permeate throughout the locker room. So I think that's going to have an impact. Although I'd almost stay away from this one because even though the Cavs are capable of it, uh, you you bring up the point that this team's sort of been a mess uh, for quite some time, we, we've seen situations that are just odd. Uh, different guys seem to be stepping up on a nightly basis. I don't think these guys like each other very much. There's not a lot of respect within that locker room. And so for all those reasons, I don't trust the Cavs. So you've got an unhealthy team in the Celtics, and you have a team we
0: can't really trust in the Cavaliers. That's a game that I'd want to stay away from. All right, then let's touch on the Pelicans and Mavericks really quick. Pelicans completely banged up, as we know, with Williamson and Ingram. Lonzo Ball, Stephen Adams look like they could be absent tonight as well. Uh, but the Pelicans catching nine here. The Mavericks coming off that bad loss last night at Memphis. Porzingis maybe going to play. Pelicans, if they lose, they are officially out of the playing game contention. Anything you like in this spot?
1: Yeah, I, honestly, I, I think the Mavs will probably win, but I do think that the Pelicans will cover. And, and the reason why is because this Pelicans team, they actually do play with a lot of heart. And and they realize, again, that they're in a position, you talk about loss of hope, and and yes, it, it looks bleak for them in terms of, of playing in any type of a postseason situation. But that doesn't mean this team has necessarily given up. They're, they're a young team, Alexander Walker, has impressed as of late Jackson Hayes. These guys uh, have developed throughout the year. We, you know, Alexander Walker now re- returning to the lineup was huge. It was like he hadn't missed a step. But what I'm really seeing from this this Pelicans team is that they need more experience. Obviously they need the star power there. Uh, Kyra Lewis is a guy that's that's made an impact. They have talent on this roster. They're learning together. They're growing together. They're going to be there in a couple of years. And so this is all learning experience. But it's the effort that they're playing with that I think is so impressive. And that's hard for young teams to do. It's one thing you know they're not going to execute well down the stretch, certainly when you're missing your marquee guys. But when you have a young team that is displaying tremendous effort, that's something to hang their hat on. And that's what they're taking pride on right now, despite the fact that, again, the playoff situation
0: looks awfully bleak for them. All right, Adam, we got about two minutes left. Let's talk about the best game of the night with the Trailblazers and the Jazz. Portland opened up as a three-point dog, but now they're just a one-point dog total at 234. You think Portland pulls this one off tonight?
1: Uh I, I don't know. I, I think it I I think they could, and I, I think this this Blazers team has to be the team that no one's talking about as we're as we're nearing the playoffs. I mean, the West in general is it's such, it's so strange. I mean, we're not seeing the Clippers near the top. You just mentioned how the Lakers uh, are in a playing scenario potentially. And this whole thing in the Western Conference is interesting about who's who's near the top. You got obviously the the Jamal Murray injury in Denver. Portland sort of been the team to fly underneath the radar, and uh, you know the, this Jazz team. Uh, we know what you can get out of Jordan Clarkson. He's capable of going off. But but really, I do like what what the how the Blazers are playing right now, and uh, I I think the Blazers do end up. I have just this feeling right now. I know that's not necessarily what everybody wants the year. They want to break it down analytics wise, but just in terms of watching these teams lately, I feel that the Blazers do win outright tonight.
0: I'm kind of with you. I don't know why. I mean, look, analytically, that's not going to back it up, but something there just seems to make me want to back Portland too. So I'm with you, Adam. And per usual, hey, we appreciate you taking some time. Love your analysis surrounding the NBA. Enjoy the games tonight. We'll catch up soon, my friend. Danny, you know, anytime. You're great, man. Appreciate you. And Naismith Lives is where you can catch him on Twitter. Does a great job, again, covering the NBA and college hoops. You can catch it, rejecting the screen pod. Go ahead, check it out. Great content all around from Adam Stanko. Again, Portland, they open up as a three-point dog. Big movement in favor of them. Now they're just catching a point. They're minus 106 on the money line and total. Again, at 234, slightly shaded to the over tonight in Salt Lake City against the Utah Jazz. All right, coming up next, let's talk a little bit of baseball. I got a couple bets in Major League. We got some with the White Sox and maybe a total first five that we'll take a look at. Stick around. We'll let you know what those are next right here on Beeson the Sports Betting Network. Rivers daily hometown discounts on boosts on your favorite teams, only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois. Only must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Get a hold of the daily hometown discount. Check it out. Once again, BetRivers.com. Back at it here on Rush Hour, all on the Sports Betting Network. I am Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook. It is Plains, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. Big thanks to Adam Stanko for hopping on to talk some hoops. We still got more action and guests coming up. Mike Pritchard to end the show to talk about those NFL Week 1 schedule releases and the lines that have been posted at Bet Rivers. So we'll get some of his favorite games very, very early on. And then Scott Miller will be joining us to talk a little bit of baseball. And furthermore, on tonight's slate, But speaking of baseball, let's kind of get into some of the action that I did play for this evening. And let's start with a game that's due to have first pitch in about 15 minutes or so. And that's going to be a couple NL Central opponents. The Brewers taking on the St. Louis Cardinals. Cardinals got the win last night, six to one in 11 innings. Oddly enough, welcome in to the new life of the runner on second and extras. But tonight, Milwaukee opened up at about minus 150. Shot up now at Bet Rivers to minus 195. St. Louis catching plus 165. Total a shorter one at 7.5. And, and that's because Brandon Woodruff taking the bump for the Brewers. He has been outstanding this year. 2-1 with a 1.73 ERA, 2.76 XFIP, and a .77 whip. Now opposing Woodruff for the Cardinals, John Gant going to be taking the bump 2-3. 2.15 ERA, but a high XVIP of 5.26. So maybe due for some regression out of Gantt. He's got a 1.7 no whip. So a little bit sketchier to look to trust Gantt and the Cardinals in this spot despite the big value as a division dog at plus 165. The way I'm looking at this game, though, is with these pitchers and the total as you typically have probably wanted to handicap the Brewers all season long. They have no offense virtually. In the last 15 days against righties, Milwaukee has a 634 OPS, which is 28th worst in the big leagues. St. Louis against righties, 745 OPS, which is solid. That puts them 11th best. But again, Woodruff is one of the top pitchers in the league, so it's probably not going to be an easy matchup for the Cardinals. Now, those were the last 15 days. Let's look overall this season, how these guys have fared against righties. Overall, Milwaukee versus righties in this season... They have a 626 OPS, which is dead last in all of Major League Baseball. St. Louis, versus righties, this whole season, 680 OPS, 18th in Major League Baseball. So I was able to get a first five under four. I laid a price a little bit, minus 121. Be sure to shop around a little bit and get on that early. Again, vsun.com slash subscribe, where we post our bets as soon as I you know, decide which ones I'm going to make earlier in the day. Because look, Gantt is 0-5-1 on the first five, under four this season. So meaning the worst he's done is push. Otherwise, he's gone under it every other time. Woodruff has only gone over five in the first five innings, or over four in the first five innings, excuse me. Just one time. The other five times, he has stayed under. The bats for the Brewers are abysmal. No matter if Gantt has a bad performance or not, Milwaukee just still can't find a way to hit. And the Cardinals, while they're better against righties, Woodruff is the real deal, has good stuff. To look for the first five to go under the total of four. Again, I know it's three and a half at a lot of shops. It's kind of dicier at that point, but I do think it's going to be a lower-scoring affair between the Brewers and the Cardinals. Now let's look at another matchup that still has a pretty solid opportunity to bet, that being the White Sox against the Twins. Talked about this matchup last night with Steve McInan. Line seemed a little bit too good to be true, but it did come to fruition. The Sox got the dub 9-3 to against the Twins White Sox now in a four-game winning streak. The Twins, conversely, have lost their last four out of five. Chicago's up to a minus 148 favorite. It's a favorable matchup, and you know why. Because they're going up against a lefty where they rank first in OPS. 849 for the White Sox against Southpaws this season. The success has carried over from last year into this season. We made some profits off of them at the beginning of the year against lefties. Looking to do the same tonight. J.A. Happ taking the bump. For Minnesota. He hasn't been too bad. 2-0 with a 1.91 ERA. But look at that x The true indicator. 5.39. Now the Sox are throwing out the Southpaw. Dallas Keichel, who's been a little shaky. 4.53 x a 1.21 whip. Minnesota versus lefties, 727 OPS, which is 14. You're getting a big line movement in favor of the White Sox. I think they keep things rolling. And I would look to bet Chicago tonight. I laid minus 136 or up to minus 148. But still play the White Sox looking to get another dub and extend that winning streak to five games tonight against the Twins along with that first five under four in the matchup between the Brewers and the Cardinals. All right, Scott Miller talking more baseball coming up next here on Rush Hour. Brings you the English Premier League Backcast for the match between Manchester United and Liverpool, presented by Bet River Sportsbook Decent EPL backcast is the best way to keep up with the soccer betting action live during the matches. So join Nigel Sealy and Harry Samiu as they talk betting during the biggest match of the day. If you're new to in-play soccer betting, don't worry because we'll show you the ropes and the smart plays of the day. So check it out, become.com slash EPL, 315 p.m. Eastern tomorrow afternoon. That's BSIN slash EPL. Back at it here on BSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The show is Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and we're live out of the Bet River Sportsbook Talk and more baseball action here on a great evening filled with sports betting talk. More NFL to come. Mike Pritchard's still going to be joining us, but let's talk some more baseball, like we said, with Scott Miller over at Series XM MLB Network Radio. It's a great job as an analyst and much more covering the big leagues. So, Scott, we appreciate your time. We have a game that's about to have first pitch in several minutes, so I wanted to get your thoughts on it with some NL Central opponents. The Brewers, a big favorite, minus 195 against the Cardinals, plus 165. Short total here, seven and a half. They're the big favorite, and it's a short total because you get Brandon Woodruff out on the bump for the Brewers, who's been great. But conversely, with Gant on the mound for the Cardinals, he's been iffy-iffy, but at the same time, (laughs) the Brewers can't really hit. How do you think this one goes down in Milwaukee?
2: Yeah. Hi. Nice to be with you, Danny. Uh, you know, the Cardinals are hot right now. Uh, they won 10 of 11 and they're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. You know, they, uh, they swept Pittsburgh. They swept the Colorado Rockies and, uh, you know, they had the, the big six one win against the Brewers last night. So I, I think these are the two best teams in the American league central. I don't think there's any question about that. I know the Cubs may try to argue, but, um, you know, Woodruff, uh, Woodruff has it going for the Brewers. They've, uh, they've been hit with the injury bug a little bit. Corbin Burns was off to such a great start, you know, 40 strikeouts, no walks. Um, it looks like he's coming back off the injured list on Thursday, tomorrow. They're expecting Corbin Burns to start. So if they could get a good start out of Woodruff tonight and then Burns rejoin the rotation tomorrow, uh, you know, the Brewers will be in business. But, um, you know, two, two solid teams, no doubt.
0: All right, then let's take a look at the AL Central here with the White Sox taking on the Twins. Now, it's a favorable matchup for Chicago in the sense that they're going up against the Southpaw and J.A. Happ. ZRA has been great, 1.91, but the true indicator being his XVIP is high, is 5.39. Keuchel's been shaky, though, for the White Sox, but we do see Chicago's about a minus 140 favorite. Personally, their team I played tonight, uh, do you think they could get yet another dub against the Twins like we've seen pretty frequently and extend their winning streak to five games?
2: Yeah, you know, the way the Twins are going right now, they're just one of those teams that uh, opponents like to play. They say quite often in the schedule, it's not necessarily who you play, but when you play them. And the White Sox, uh, that fits in well for the White Sox at home tonight. It, um, you know, as you said, J.A. Happ, uh, you know, he, he could be shaky. He's, he, it's a pretty good year for him so far, 2 0 zero, one nine one ERA. But uh, the Sox match up well against lefties, Twins, Byron Buxton is, you know, that was a significant injury. He was off to such a good start, and now he's out. Sox are banged up, too. I mean, you know, they're not going to feel sorry for anybody on injuries because they, they're without Luis Robert, who is, you know, is done for the season with that hip injury. And, and that's not just too bad for the White Sox. That's that's just that's a bad break for baseball because this kid was one of the great young talents in the game. But Robert's out for the year. Uh, Eloy Jimenez out for the year. But I'll tell you what. You know, we've also heard a little bit of criticism of Tony LaRusa. I know, you know, he botched the, the rule a week or so ago, uh, you know, and he was hard on himself. He said it was all his fault. But I'll tell you this look who has the best record as we speak in the entire American League tonight going into the game, and it's the Chicago White Sox.
0: How about it? Yeah, it seemed like the world was collapsing all on the Southsiders in one night right? with the Luis Robert news and then the rumblings about Tony La Russa. That, in a sense, seemed like it was inevitable, at least from all my friends who are Sox fans that I talked to. They're like, yeah, that's yeah. like the least shocking yeah. news ever. But no, you're right. I mean, the White Sox have found a way to win, and it'll be fascinating to see if they can keep it up in a weaker division that we're seeing with the AL Central. So I'm with you. I still think the Sox have a long way to go, but they are one of the top teams in the American League. And let's keep it in the American League here, Scott, and talk about this Astros squad as they're taking on the Angels tonight. Houston's a big favorite here. Got a lot of love on the market. They're up to minus 175. The Angels catching plus 145. Total we're seeing at about eight. I mean, to me, you know, I say this a lot, but you just really can't trust the Angels right now. Despite the talent that they have, it seems hard to put your hard-earned money on them. Do you think it's going to be yet another tough spot for them this evening?
2: Yeah, I do. Houston's tough to play in Houston. Uh, they, they hit well in that ballpark. And, uh, you know, and the other thing going for the Astros tonight is Shohei Otani is not on the mound for the Angels. Uh, he has just been phenomenal on the mound in the batter's box. Uh, you know, he, he pitched really well again last night. Just gave up one run in in uh, seven innings uh, and left with a 1-1 game. But to your point about the Angels, you just can't trust them Otani was fabulous last night, one-to-one in the eighth when he leaves, and the Angels bullpen, or in the seventh, I should say, and the Angels bullpen just gave it up right away, you know, four runs in the eighth, and Houston comes back, you know, turns at what was a a pitching duel between Otani and Lance McCullers Jr. into a rout. You know, the Astros win that, um, you know, and so after losing the opener to the Angels the other night, they win last night. And you know Andrew Heaney for the Angels tonight, one and two, four eleven ERA. Uh, he's not been able to find consistency. And uh, Irquiety, on the other hand, for the Houston has great stuff. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. But the Angels, as you might have heard, ongoing story the last few years, they just can't find enough pitching
0: that is very, very true. And you're right. He's been solid for the Astros here, hence the big movement in favor of Houston. So I'm with you. I think it's going to be another tough matchup for the Angels to be leaning Houston in this spot. Really just in general, any other team going against the Angels until they can find a rhythm. Scott, hey, we're up against it. I appreciate you taking some time, tonight. I'd love talking some baseball with you. Looking forward to doing it again soon. Sounds great. Thank you. Here's XM MLB Network radio analyst Scott Miller. You can catch his great work over there. And follow him on Twitter, Scott Miller, BBL. Covers the league, does it at a very great rate, and obviously knows the extent of the league as we were just getting into all these various teams. And a good point against the Angels. The starting pitching has been suspect. Otani had a great performance last night. Didn't get the job done because Houston found a way to win. I think the same thing kind of happens tonight when it comes to the matchup between the Astros and the Angels. But that'll do it for some baseball talk this evening. Time to go back to the gridiron, folks. Those NFL Week 1 lines are out. Let's see what Mike Pritchard, fellow VEASAN host and former NFL wide receiver, has to say about some of the matchups that he thinks are favorable early on. Stick around. We'll discuss next here on Rush Hour. Get the most out of all odds with Bet Rivers. Daily hometown discounts on boost on all of your favorite teams, only at your hometown sportsbook. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Get a hold of the daily hometown discount. Check it out betrivers.com Wrapping up another edition of Rush Hour right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host live out of the Bet BetRivers Sportsbook just outside of Chicago in Des Plaines, Illinois. We send it out to the West Coast to bring in our friend, fellow VEASAN host of Betting Across America, 3-5 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. It's Mike Pritchard, a man who's so familiar with the NFL considering he was a former player himself so we're both extremely excited to talk about the opening lines for NFL Week 1 and, Mike, let's get right into it with a matchup that stuck out to you with Tennessee taking on Arizona. The Cardinals, look, to open up is about a three-point dog, but they're getting some attention early on. Now Arizona's catching two-and-a-half total at Bett Rivers. We're seeing at 51-and-a-half. What stuck out to you about this game? Well,
3: you know, what we talked about in the program uh, today was the fact that home field advantage is going to be a thing again uh, as we turn return back to normalcy. We're going to have fans in the stands, uh, if not capacity, certainly uh, significant enough to provide that home field advantage. So I was looking at that line and I'm thinking, okay, Tennessee with a, a new offensive of coordinator, they're going to have to get used to that. Uh, and then Arizona, how dynamic they are or how dynamic they could be, certainly with uh, A.J. Green over there now in addition to DeAndre Hopkins. I just think Kyler Murphy's is electric, too. Uh, so that was, that might have been an opportunity, an early opportunity with that uh, initial line right there.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree with you. And in, in something that I brought up earlier, I mean, just from your playing perspective, with week one, I mean, I know that it's going to be different this year in the sense that more fans and more fans will be brought in depending on the stadium, but do you think that week one's almost kind of an aberration in the sense that it's not, I mean, it's still a true road game, but it's a little bit different because, you know, maybe you're not on a short week, you have a lot more time to prepare. Is that something that goes into account? With, from a playing perspective and handicapping for week one on the road?
3: I, I believe so. Uh, it's a great unknown. It's the first game of the year. And, you know, you have, I don't know, from now until uh, kickoff uh, to prepare for it, for sure. Uh, but you know, I, just, I just think uh, Cliff Kingsbury, he has something to prove. If he doesn't this year, they're going to be in a hot seat. Uh, I, I've talked to some folks around the Arizona area, that Cardinals football team. Uh, they really love the defense. They love the personnel anyway. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I, I just got a feeling Arizona's going to surprise folks out this
0: year. I agree. I think they have some great value in the NFC West as well. They've had some great acquisitions in this offseason. So, I'm with you on the Cardinals. think they'll be a good value team throughout the course of this upcoming season. Uh, let's go ahead and look at another matchup, though. This one in Indy Carson Wentz and the Colts taking on Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. The Colts, a two and a half point favorite at Bet Rivers. They're also minus 136. On the money line, plus 112 on the buyback for Seattle. Total at fifty two and a half. So what can we expect out of Russell Wilson and the Seahawks after all of this offseason kind of complications? I mean, we still have a long way to go, but what do you foresee happening leading up to this game one matchup?
3: Well, another opportunity. I mean, he's still Russell Wilson, and I think Russell just wanted some attention this offseason. He received it, uh, but that's still a pretty decent Seattle Seahawks football team, and Uh, Anytime you got a new quarterback coming into the fold, like the Colts are going to have with Carson Wentz, uh, they're they're still looking for a tackle. I know that they signed um, Fisher, but yet he's not going to be available for a while. So I I just, you know, for a quarterback to come in, I remember when Warren Moon came into Seattle, uh, and we were all giddy, we were all excited about, hey, it's great, Warren Moon, he's a Hall of Famer. But it still took us some time to work out and be positive on the field and make sure that we were consistent enough on the field with Warren Moon. And I, I just don't see the Colts being a, a well-oiled machine uh, in week one, especially against the Seahawks.
0: Yeah, and are you kind of on the side that Carson Wentz maybe just isn't that good or that the new environment will be good for him, but it's just going to take some time?
3: It's going to take some time. Uh, we're talking about an offseason that is going to be more normal but training camp is, is not close to what it used to be. And uh, you're not on the field as much. You're, you're not really doing a lot of on-field work. And so for Carson Wentz, a new quarterback, even though the system that he's familiar with, uh, the players are not familiar with him. And I, I think that's going to take some time.
0: All right, Mike, let's move on to Kansas City. The Chiefs lane five and a half against the Cleveland Browns, a rematch of that playoff match between these two squads. It came down to the wire. Total we're seeing at about 53 here. This Browns team is looking to be pretty solid squad. I mean, they had a really solid draft, and if they can stay healthy on both sides of the ball, they got a deep roster, but it's never easy going up against the Kansas City Chiefs who are stocking up in their offensive line. How do you think this game fares out down in KC? Yeah,
3: we always talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and that offense, and we don't mention that defense that much, but uh, I think Cleveland, offensively, the two-headed monster at running back—they uh, got two great running backs in Chubb and Hunt—and uh, then you throw in Odell Beckham Jr. coming back. You know, you're looking at a team with Baker Mayfield coming into his own and and really earning the respect that uh, that is warranted. Uh, certainly, he had that down year after that sensational rookie year, but he came he came back and he bounced back and and led his team to the playoffs. I I think people are discounting that. Odell Beckham Jr. coming back into the fold uh, with that running game, uh, and then an improved defense, too. So we talk about Kansas City's offense all the time, going up against Cleveland's defense, but then what about Cleveland's offense going up against what we don't even know is going to be on the field for Kansas City from a, a defensive standpoint? So maybe an opportunity here, uh, you know, but it is Patrick Mahomes. They are at home. They're tough to beat right there. They score a lot of points, and I get that, but I just Maybe it may be no benefit of the doubt for the Cleveland Browns because they're the Cleveland Browns, and I think people need to throw a little bit more respect their way.
0: Absolutely, couldn't agree more with you. The Browns certainly a team to look out for to really just be a contending team all season this upcoming year. And then, how about let's move to Monday Night Football, Mike? A great opening Monday Night Football game to look forward to out in Las Vegas, the Raiders hosting. The Baltimore Ravens, early look ahead at Baltimore as a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Sticked out just a little to them now laying five, minus 230 on the money line. Las Vegas, plus 185. Total at about 51-and-a-half. How do you think the Raiders hang in there with Lamar Jackson and company on Monday Night Football?
3: It gets interesting. you know, The Raiders played very well on Monday Night Football last year against the uh, Saints, and that was Drew Brees. And, I think a lot of people anticipated that game. We were out here, and it was the first Monday night game in Vegas with the brand-new stadium and the Raiders. And, uh, but it wasn't that shiny new toy. Like, like it still is. Like, But the league and the Raiders, they get to show it off this year. It's Monday night. We're expecting capacity again. And with the black hole returning into uh, the stands and, and, and really giving an energy lift towards the Raiders, I, I think that could be significant. Uh, Coach Gruden has pointed out, the fact that they went 2-6 and six at home last year. Uh, they cannot repeat that and expect to get to the playoffs. So I think it's a good opportunity for the Raiders to start out quickly. Everybody's going to be healthy. Uh, you throw in that aspect of uh, you get the whole offseason to kind of prepare for what Lamar Jackson and the Ravens present, uh, and therefore you might have a great result as a dog at home in Allegiant Stadium.
0: All right, Mike, before we let you go, I just want to throw this matchup out at you. Considering right here in Chicago, we're always interested about the Bears because they opened up as a six-and-a-half-point dog on Sunday night football against the Rams. This is ticked up now to Los Angeles, a seven-point favorite, total at 45. Both of these teams going to be having new quarterbacks in their spot under Helm. I mean, the Rams with Stafford, Bears, is it going to be Dalton? Is it going to be Fields? Realistically, probably going to be Dalton to start things out. Seven points, though, is a lot, but this Rams team is really stacked all throughout. How do you think about this Sunday night football matchup? Oh,
3: that's going to be a tough one for Chicago,
0: man. I, I, I would rather see Fields win that job if he can do it, but you might be right about
3: Dalton, certainly. Um, but I, I think the Rams in that defense, uh, there's a reason why they went out and got Stafford. They, they, they believe they can get to the Super Bowl uh, with the right quarterback. And, and that roster, that, what they have right there, they have a lot of talent. Uh, that's going to be a tough matchup for none the new quarterback either one, uh, and Nagy, uh, and certainly the Bears feeling the pressure of that situation. So I see why the number is as big as it is. Bears could be competitive, but you know I believe the Rams come out on top of that one.
0: Yeah, hard not to think the same way. Got to take the fandom out of me. It's not going to be easy for the Bears week one until Justin Fields either plays or gets his rhythm. That's when we can start getting a little bit more excited as Bears fans. But, Mike, K, hey, we appreciate your time. I know the schedules are being released right now, and I know you got a busy show to look forward to tomorrow. So we'll let you get back to it. But, again, thanks for taking some time, my man. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure to be on with you. Absolutely. Former NFL wide receiver Mike Pritchard, host betting across America, catches great work Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time. I'm sure they'll be covering that all over the place with the NFL schedule release, with those win totals, week one lines, and much more great work covering the National Football League, per usual, out of Mike Pritchard. But again, I think some of that stood out, and I know we've kind of talked about this with the Cardinals, a game that we went into really briefly. The NFC West, I'm just looking at their odds I wanted to throw out before we head out. Cardinals are at the bottom at 6-1, to Seahawks 3-1, to Rams plus 180, also the 49ers at plus 180. But, hey, this Cardinals team, not saying they're going to win the NFC West, but I think this is a team that could find their way in the postseason. The defense, like Mike said, he's heard that they feel pretty excited about it. They have been improving, at least with the acquisitions. J.J. Watt going to be implemented into the mix. Pretty solid draft for the most part. Excited to see what that offensive company can do down in Arizona with the Cardinals. All right. We already have one baseball bet going underway. One that you can jump into if you haven't already. We're playing the White Sox on the money line versus the Twins against the Southpaw. Sox are the best in the league against lefties. Let's hope they keep that up tonight against the Twins. Tomorrow on the show, though, we'll be hitting some more baseball. And don't worry, going all deep into the NFL schedule release. Let's see how these win totals are affected and altered, which one shifted a lot or not at all. I'll give out my teams that I think have the most favorable or it's really tough at schedules early on so plenty to get to throughout the rest of the week best of luck per usual if you tail our bets or any other thanks for tuning in and thanks to both of our guests or all three of our guests rather we'll catch up again tomorrow here on rush hour on vson esports betting network take care